Coach, good morning. Appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's talk first about your uh, team at North Carolina Central. You've won six in a row, off to a 2-0 start in league play. What do you like most about the way your club's playing right now? Uh, right now, we're just competing, right? You know, we have 10 new guys, man, and uh, we have new guys, and it's a new conference, and they're getting affiliated with a new team and all of those things. They don't really understand the historical context of how they must compete within our league. Um, you know, preseason is one thing. Um, non-conference is another. But once you get to conference, like, the, the tension, uh, you can cut it with a knife, right? And so um, the thing thing is, is every game is pretty much separated by one possession. It's one possession that pretty much dictates the flow and the outcome of the game. And so we got to fight every possession, um, you know, because you just never know the outcome. So the one thing I'm, I'm extremely proud of them thus far is that they showed me that they're tougher than I thought they actually were, and they were able to fight them. You, you mentioned the historical significance a, a second ago. It seems to me like year in and year out, and this is a testament to you and your staff and all the players that have come through North Carolina Central, but it seems like the Eagles are year in and year out team, the team to beat in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Yeah, you know, it's, all, it's always, you know, when, when I took over the program, you know, we were the worst team, arguably, in Division I. Uh, mm-hmm. They won two games and lost 30 or something, and the average margin of the Eagles was like 39 points a game. So, obviously, we tried to have change that, and, and by the way you do that, it's just getting great basketball players in and great coaches and assembling the staff. And we always said, you know, I, I don't want to – it's easy to build – it's easier to build a program than it is to sustain it. You know, sustaining it is really difficult because that word consistency in it, year in and year out. You know, it's almost like a hit record. You know, it's, it's easier to make one hit record for one year as opposed to making great hit records for decades and decades. And that's what we've tried to do is just maintain that level of consistency. Coach, this is John Champion. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. JC, what's up, my man? It's all right. It's so great to talk to you. You know, you've done so much, and uh, you've made so many communities proud. Now, Boston, Southeast Raleigh, and Durham. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've won all sorts of awards. There's a park named after you with a statue. Is there anything on your bucket list, anything you haven't done? <laughs> man, it's crazy you mentioned it because none of that was on my bucket list. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... I guess the the way to add some things to my bucket list is not to have anything on my bucket list. Because, man, I I just, you know, John, I just just come from a place of humble beginnings, man. And my grandmother told me at a young age, you know, people remember you as a basketball player, then you've done a poor job. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's something that stuck with me. I've never forgotten it. Um, And when you come from those communities, you understand the difficulties, the challenges that lies ahead, you know, so often. We're judged by, in this, in this world, and this is not just me, it's all of us, we're judged by what we do, right? And I tell people all the time, you know, basketball is what I do. It's not who I am. There's so much more to mm-hmm. it, right? Um, I think we just saw in the news recently, um, Nick Saban retired, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Bill Belichick, you know, announced that he wasn't going back to New England. Well, Alabama and New England replaced both of those legends in 24 hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> in less than 24 hours, right? So right. It doesn't stop, man. It's just, you're just a seat filler. You're just a, 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 someone who's carrying the torch in this particular position. And so what I've tried to do is just be the best man, be the best husband, be the best father, um, be the best leader, be the best 
uh, philanthropist that I could possibly be and try to impact the world. And, you know, I just always kept the main thing, the main thing, but mm-hmm. tried to help people um, along the way. That's just ultimately who I am. That's who my, that's the spirit of my grandmother. If you guys would have known her, you would you know exactly, you know, where I get it from. And I'm just simply a byproduct of her. Gotcha. And I want to, you were talking about your philanthropy. You do so many great things with the single woman's uh, uh, show that you do every year to encourage single mothers and the event that you have with uh, school give back with you bringing the NBA players. So talk to me about this. uh, You're doing something in Southeast Raleigh with affordable housing. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, my, my partners, TJ man, and uh, Terrell Mitchell, mm-hmm. who you probably know, is an in-law grad. Terrell's been my, one of my dearest friends since I was 10, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of years ago, we just said, look, we saw the landscape of Southeast Raleigh changing, right? Uh, we saw the communities changing. And, you know, the uh, the word that people like to use is gentrification. And I was like, well, you know, if, if this is going to happen, why not people who uplifted and made these communities, why not have those people benefit from it? as opposed to someone migrating from Syracuse, New York, and don't know the history of Southeast Raleigh, don't gotcha. know who Lincoln is, don't know who changed the they, they don't know anything about it. They're just living in those communities. Well, it's, it's hard to continue to persevere the history um, of those communities. So I said, listen, let's, let's just do this, and let's just take the model of um, Lena Jackson, who was the mayor of Atlanta for so many years, right? And so we just adapted adopted his model and just said, okay, let, let's let's build some real, true um, affordable housing. I really don't like the word affordable housing because if you can afford to stay in a the house, then we all live in an affordable housing. I like to call it like workforce housing. But, you know, once I evaluated our community, I was like, look, man, like the the, the drug house in my old neighborhood is worth $1.2 million now, right? Yeah. But I was just saying, like, what good is it for a neighborhood to be a neighborhood if the people that make the neighborhood and work in the neighborhood can't afford to stay there. Those people such as teachers, um, bus drivers, custodians, um, EMS workers, right? Um, you know, people don't think about, mm-hmm. you know, rec leaders. Those those people, John, when we grew up, they lived in the community. And so mm-hmm. not only did they live there, they held us accountable for mm-hmm. everything in there. That's what made the community thrive. And it's no longer like that. So I just wanted to provide some um, to uh, affordable housing because, you know, we can talk all day and give away book bags and talk about what we're going to do and all of those things, but you got to make a tangible outcome when you're in a position of le- leadership, and there's no better way to make a tangible outcome than put a roof over people's heads and put food in their belly. You got it. Well, I've got Tony Rigsby, the voice. Tony Rigsby with me. Tony wants to ask you Oh, questions. thank you, John. The coach, uh, you, we all know, we certainly don't have to tell you that the face of college athletics is changing dramatically in a number of different ways. Three ways I can think of specifically, name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, and the advent of sports betting. What will be the impact on the HBCUs? Will it be positive or or negative? You know, I I guess, you know, I've always thought that life is about perspective. It ain't what you see is how you see it, and and what you see is what you get, right? And so I've tried to have a positive outlook and adjust and you know, just pretty much change with the times. Because if you're not changing with the times, then you become obsolete. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult. I, I'll be completely honest with you because, you know, 
this is not your grandfather's NCAA anymore. Uh, it used to be amateur athleticism, but now it's just it's just semi pros. Like let's just call it what it is. All they all they're missing is Will Ferrell. It's, it's a semi pros. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. We just missing Will Ferrell at all the halftime events, right? And I said, go not the date. We're accustomed to an NCAA where. You know, and we we grew up around here on Tobacco Road, so you had North Carolina Central and Duke and North Carolina and NC State, right? You would follow those guys from their freshman year to their senior year. And on senior night, that meant the world because people would be so emotionally invested. You know, the players would hold their jerseys at half court and cry. And, you know, it, it would be quite an emotional night. Going on those days because no one is invested like that no more. And so his name, image, and likeness, you know, it's just a – creative words for other people that have to pay these players besides the NCAA, right? It almost feels like whenever the culpability and the, and the responsibility is on the NCAA and the conversation is being had for the NCAA to pay these players, and put the banana in the tailpipe and shift the focus. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate right. your time this morning, Coach. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me here.